ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender identity, trivia enthusiasts around the world, welcome in to the Dewar Dynasty podcast. We are here back with another episode after week 10 of the NFL season and uh, and after a kind of a nice week for us on Twitter. Um, we were able to engage some people, particularly Eagles fans, uh, in some, some Miles Sanders discussion. Um, not to follow it up, we will not be talking about Miles Sanders on the podcast tonight, but uh, we got a lot to talk about on the show today. We are talking uh, some quarterbacks and some tight ends. This is our third episode where we're kind of recapping the stuff that we talked about uh, before the season started, so we're going to get into that. But first, why don't we start with our records from this week? Yeah, I'll start it off. I was 4-2 and two in Week 10. Uh, which improves my record to 34 and 26 on the year. So not bad, you know. Got an eight uh, differential in the win in between win lo- wins and losses right now. So uh, looking to keep improving on that this week. Yeah, I went uh, I went 500 this week. Not a great week. I lost two different games uh, with the Monday night game, and surprisingly, I wasn't playing Debo Samuel in either. So. Yeah, it was a heartbreaker, but uh, that brings me to 29 and 11 on the year. So much like Brady, I am up eight games, as in 18 games uh, from 500 and uh, feeling pretty good. All right. So I had a little uh, mishap in reporting my record last week. I actually don't know what my record was last week. I missed that week that we didn't record uh, and just added to the week before. As for this week, I might as well not have played. This is probably my most disappointing week of fantasy football on the season. Um, Monday night giveth and Monday night taketh away. And uh, I was feeling good, feeling good through the first half of the Monday night game. And I came two George Kittle points short of going six and oh on the week. And that hurt. That was a dagger, but I went five and one this week. So uh, record wise, pretty successful, but um kind of a moral defeat coming that close and, and coming up that short. Um, so I'm, I am at uh, 31 and 29 on the season, clawing my way back after some down weeks. I'm feeling good. My teams are looking healthier than they've been all season, and I'm ready for a strong second half. Uh, but for right now, why don't we recap the action of Week 10 with our Week 10 Rapid Rundown. Besides the Mark Andrews touchdown a Xavier Howard fumble recovery, and a lineman touchdown that didn't count. Thursday night football was a snooze fest. Expect bigger numbers from both the Ravens and Dolphins this week. They play the Bears and the Jets, respectively. Falcons and Cowboys. Dak Prescott had 300 yards, three touchdowns, and only played three quarters worth of football. Pitts had over half of Matt Ryan's 110 yards. You do the math. Zeke proved he's still a big boy at heart and ate up all the leftovers, finishing touchdowns from only a yard or two out. After Brady said CD was not a dynasty wide receiver one, Lamb went ahead and chopped the kid's take right in half. Headlines from Indianapolis, Jaguars at Colts. Indy handled the busy against division rival Jacksonville, holding on despite scoring only three second half points. The baby horses rode their stud to victory while the special teams tamed the big cats. Pittman and Arnold, Dan both turned in modest performances, and we got a surprisingly decent day from Jamal Ag. Who knew this was coming? It's still no Henry, no problem in Tennessee. Ryan Tummy 8 Tannehill ran and threw for two total touchdowns. Marshawn Lockamore shut down A.J. Brown. But the rest of the Aints let Marcus Johnson catch five balls for 100 yards. Last but not least, the Titans couldn't have secured their sixth straight victory without Randy Big Belly Bullock's three field goals. Browns at Patriots. The Cleveland skid marks left a lingering stench in New England. Baker was abysmal. DPJ disappeared. But Dearness came through with a ton or two. It was Ramon Day as he went nuclear, eclipsing the biggest workload by any New England back in recent memory. Mac Jones went dummy, makes his case for the best rookie quarterback of the class. Headlines from New York, Bills at Jets. The Bills bounce back to beat down the basement bunch in the Big Apple. 
Taxes, death, and starting running backs against the Jets. Three Bills running backs end up in the top 32 on the week. Jets rookies Michael Cartier and Elijah Moolah are money again despite a pitiful day from QB Mike Scheidt. At Heinz Field, Detroit's losing streak came to an end, but the threat of a winless season still remains. Does this time mean the Steelers are as bad as the Lions? Is Chris Boswell the greatest kicker in Steelers history? Should the Steelers have given it to Najee at least once on that goal-to-go drive? Does a bear shit in the woods? Buccaneers at football team. Washington marched on the Bucks, thanks mostly to Tampa Tom's inability to possess the ball. A. Gibby took a trip to the cribby, and Taylor Heineken crushed the Bucks, crushed some beers, and likely crushed some puss later. Scary Terry played fairly, and he was delightful. Headlines from Arizona, Panthers at Cardinals. In a game prescriptive of what would happen if these two mascots actually came face to face, the Panthers ripped the Cardinals bone from bone and feather from feather. The game was played in Arizona, but the Panthers were going to Camelina in their minds. Despite a midweek signing, Cam was still able to learn enough of the playbook to make an impact. Two touchdowns were the running backs on both sides of the ball were good to go, while Rockin' Robbie Anderson and Christian Captain Kirk wouldn't have killed your life. Justin Herbert and the Chargers continued their struggles against the Vikings this week. Keenan Allen was the only bright spot for the boys in the league. Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson led the Vikings' offense, while Eric Kendricks bolted up the Chargers' offense and locked it down for the Vikings' defense. Eagles at Broncos. Cortland Sutton disappointed fantasy managers more than I disappoint my parents on a daily basis. The meek Philadelphia Eagles were led by all-star running backs Sloden Howard and Boston Stop. Hertz does less with the ball, and the Eagles win again. Coincidence? I think not. The Seahawks-Packers showdown featured two quarterbacks returning from absences, but their offenses continued to look absent for the first three quarters. A.J. Dillon carried the Cheeseheads and fantasy football teams to victory with his two fourth-quarter touchdowns. And after a terrible performance that included throwing two interceptions, I expect Russell Wilson to consult with some finger experts this week, including Urban Meyer. After all, he has plenty of experience coming from behind. Hey, yo. Chiefs at Raiders. Forget Cam Newton. Patty Mahomes is back. He's back. The usual suspects were downright lethal. Tyreek raided the Las Vegas end zone twice. Trav got his swagger back. Oh, oh. And Daryl Williams? Yeah, Daryl Williams went nuclear after mossing a Raiders defender who should never be allowed on a football field or near one ever again. Headlines from San Francisco, Rams at 49ers. Ring, ring, ring. Odell Beckham Sr. is calling. You may not want to pick this one up. And Tyshawn Raekwon Samuel and Georgie Porgy Fully and Gorgie poured on the points in a dominant San Francisco smash. In an extremely unimpressive game for the Scams, Matthew Stafford continued to find his two favorite targets, Cooper Cup and the opposing team. That uh, that was a hideous game last night from the Rams, and that is now two weeks in a row. Are they? Are the Rams good? Are they good at football? Like I know everyone's talking about the Monstars thing, but like, are they actually Look, good at football? <laughs> I are is any team in the NFL good at football? Like these last couple weeks have been crazy. You got the the Rams dropping a couple games that you would think are gimmies. The Buccaneers lost this weekend to the Red the football team uh the uh the bills last week falling to the jags like the the ravens lost to the dolphins on thursday night what is happening what is happening i don't know you're talking to a falcons fan i'm not qualified to argue whether teams are good or bad or why (laughs) see and the falcons looked good last week and then come out and do that against the cowboys where's the consistency i mean it could just be some of that mid-season attrition 
you know, guys are getting tired. Some teams haven't hit their bye week yet. So, you know, it's about that time where the season seems longer than it will be. And, you know, maybe you drop a game here or two that you shouldn't. We'll see. I hope I hope that isn't to continue uh, for some of these top-tier teams because uh, my betting account would very much appreciate them to perform like they should. Yeah, seriously, Buccaneers, Tom Brady, what, what the hell? What the hell? Just absolutely murderous. Yeah, RIP uh, my account. That that defensive performance was just absolutely brutal. Like Credit to the football team for putting together those long drives, particularly that last one. But that defense might as well not have been out there. Um, the Seahawks-Packers game, unwatchable. Absolutely unwatchable. Uh, I took a Eagles, nap. Broncos. I took a nap for the first three quarters of that game, and I was glad I did because I didn't miss anything. Not a thing. No, quite not a single nothing. thing. So that Eagles Broncos game, I just wanted to highlight that one uh, Devonta Smith touchdown catch, which was just incredible in every way. So you got Devonta Smith, the uh, second wide receiver drafted in this year's class, going one on one with Patrick Sertan, the first quarterback cornerback off the board. Um, Great coverage from PS2. Absolutely, like, locked in, locked on. Yeah. Uh, a beautifully placed ball from Hertz, and just a just a one-on-one win from Devonta Smith. Just one of the best things I saw all weekend. Real gross. Um, the Cardinals looked hideous. Panthers looked pretty good. Brady, you want to spend a while talking about that Lions-Steelers game? <laughs> I'd rather spend no time talking about that game. <laughs> yeah. Pretty uh, pretty ugly in a week of some ugly games. Um, Bills bounce back. Patriots offense looks legit. That Patriots team, I think I think teams uh, in the AFC should be scared of them. Especially if it's going to be Ramonde every day. Hard to uh, not celebrate Ramonde. Can't not celebrate. And the Jaguars at Colts, that was a pretty ugly game in the second half. Um, so wait, so this is just one thing, just to talk about one of the games. Um, so I was texting you guys last night, and as I elaborated in the beginning of the show, I needed like a couple, I needed a couple points from George Kittle. One catch, one more catch in a modest amount of yards. And as the game started to slip out of reach, uh, right before Debo Samuel took that last touchdown to the house, which was right after a play where he just caught like a six-yard curl pass on like a... I don't know, like a third or second and 12 or something. I was getting pretty frustrated and I was texting you guys. I can't figure out why opposing defenses don't only scheme to stop Debo Samuel. Like I know there are other weapons on that offense, but the amount that he is utilized, like it literally seems like, like nobody cares about covering him ever. And I know good players get open, but it, but it blows my mind the amount of times where I, I would just double team him every play, every play have two people. If he's in the backfield, they're manufacturing a touch for him. He took a couple carries out last night. If he's in the backfield. He's getting the ball. Like one guy, it seems like to focus on in that offense and no one can stop him. It's weird too. Be, I mean, he's just a, he's a yak monster. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if there's ever been some I mean AJ Brown is like I guess sort of comparable but but then I mean like Debo Samuel just can pretty much have a negative uh air yards share and he's probably still going to be able to find 100 yards per game it, it he seems unstoppable right now I don't think it's a matter of defenses paying attention to him I think quite literally nobody can stop the man right now Nick you're saying that I guess it's more so, Andrew, you're saying that Debo is Tyree Kill and that team should only focus on him as the receiver. And, like, George Kittle is the 49ers, Travis Kelsey, and, like, if you stop those two and make everyone else beat you, that seems to be the answer because I sort of agree with you that, like, that should be the type of game plan that teams approach with. But is Debo that type of guy where he can just get open no matter what the coverage is? Um, I think, I think he's certainly very talented. I think it helps how Kyle Scanahan, Scanahan, Kyle, Kyle Schemahan <laughs> shans his offense. Um, the way, the way Kyle Shanahan schemes to get Debo Samuel in places to get the ball in his hands, the way he schemes to get him open, just that combo of that and Debo's talent, it's like almost equivalent. I mean, he's having a massive season. Like it's hard to argue with the numbers. Agreed. I think the, the way that offense works with, 
r- the running game as well is pretty terrifying for defensive coordinators. Like it, it doesn't even matter who they line up in the backfield. You know that th- they're probably going to have a good time running the ball, even if you're an elite defense, just because of how efficient Kyle Shanahan offenses are in running the football. So I don't know. I think it's just well-balanced and real hard to stop right now. Yeah. Um, and of course that team is uh, four and five. So um, maybe we're making a big deal out of nothing, but the fantasy impact is very real. Um, speaking of fantasy impact, uh, we got some things happening around the league this week, some injuries, some moves. Uh, the biggest one, of course, being Odell being traded to the Rams. We talked about the possible locations he might end up last week. Uh, we did not talk about the Rams because I don't think that was really on any of our radars. Um, but you know, I, Odell, I think by that action made his statement pretty clear that he wants that ring. And then, of course, uh, the next day or maybe the day of Robert Woods tears his ACL and it's you kind of need Odell now. So is Odell psychic? Did he know that Robert Woods was going to tear his ACL and that the Rams would need someone? And so he was like, here, let me go to the Rams. They're going to criticize me because they already have a lot of weapons. Little do they know one of their weapons going to have a season ending season ending injury. I think if Odell was psychic, there'd be a lot of things different about his career right now. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. <laughs> That's fair. Honestly, I'm more on the side of Odell was involved. I think this is an inside job. RIP Bobby Trees. Um, catch me crying in the closet four days a week for the rest of my life because of this season and what Robert Woods lost. Um, I, I want Odell imprisoned with Aaron Rodgers. Shout out Big Cat. They should, they should both be in jail. <laughs> Uh, Odo Beckham Sr. may be involved too, you know? Who knows? It goes all the why way to not? the top. Yeah, why not? My condolences, Nick, truly, and I'm also pretty sad about the Robert Woods injury. That's a tough one because he was, you know, he was coming on. Um, he was playing well. But uh, we got some more injuries too. Elijah Mitchell apparently fractured a finger last night. Um uh, He's having surgery today and uh, updates tomorrow on whether or not he'll be good to go this week. Apparently, they're optimistic that he'll be good to go, but um, keep an eye out for updates. It would be a very nice matchup for whoever starts at running back for the 49ers. They're playing the Jaguars. So, you know, I almost kind of hope... Yeah, I was going to say, I almost kind of hope Elijah Mitchell sits out and it opens something up for Jeff Wilson because he got some carries last night. Uh, Not super efficient, but um, neither was... Elijah Mitchell, really. And uh, finally, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones looking like an MCL sprain probably one to two weeks, I believe they've said. Fire up your A.J. Dillons. Yeah. Yeah, he's about to be a beast for one to two weeks and then go right back to being like a six-point flex guy that you never want to put in your flex. Yeah, I will add that Aaron Jones has had injuries um, to this MCL before. Um, so the initial one to two weeks might be a little bit of a underestimation, uh, in my opinion, I feel like he probably be, he probably will be good after the buy, which I believe is week 13. Uh, but don't hold me to that. Um, I'm thinking it's more like three to four weeks for him. Um, I just, I feel like with a previous injury history to this, uh, knee, they're probably going to want to take it a little bit slower and it'll probably have a little bit more pain. So I'm not so sure how I feel about that one to two weeks, but you're right. AJ Dillon's going to see quite the workload for the next few weeks in Aaron's absence. Yeah. I was surprised, uh, about that timeline. Like, I don't think he's been officially ruled out for this week, but it doesn't seem like a thing where you just get hurt and then you're kind of ready to go again the next week. And Nick, just, just to your point about, you know, whatever AJ Dillon's going to do this next two weeks and then going back to whatever he was. I know we've talked about him. He was your running back to avoid this year. I think this is going to be an opportunity for AJ Dillon to showcase his talent. And, you know, no one obviously is going to, is going to start like no one's putting Alexander Madison in their flexes um, from week to week. But when you have a running back, you know, is talented like that, they become an extremely valuable handcuff when they're on a good offense. Um, and I think that's what we're going to see from, from AJ Dillon. We're going to see proof, proof in the pudding. Um, all right, though, let's jump on, uh, begin the third part of our reflection 
on our off-season uh, musings. Um, I'm going to talk quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, let's start. We we had some preseason tight end predictions. Uh, remember, we rode the tight end roller coaster. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> um, <laughs> you all remember. You were there. Uh, <laughs> um, so... Let's let's uh take that slope again a little bit. Brady, you were uh you were up on uh Tyler Higby. Yeah, Higby hasn't exactly been the top ten tight end uh that I thought he was gonna be. He's been serviceable. Um he scored you anywhere from seven to eleven points each week. He had one week above uh ten with fifteen points in week three. Um there's just a lot of mouths to feed. Uh and part one in particular in that offense is Cooper Cup. Uh, Matt Stafford doesn't really look for anyone else besides him. I believe on a points per game basis, Higby is outside of the top 15. Um, so that doesn't really make him a great, um, speculation, uh, on my end. Um, but we'll see, you know, there's still the second half of the season. We'll see it happens without Robert Woods. I know last night he saw a couple targets and dropped a couple of easy balls, uh, which I was really disappointed about when you get your opportunities, you got to make the most of them. And he didn't. So I'm feeling okay about this one. Uh, I'm looking to see a little bit more from Higby uh, moving forward if I want to feel good about this prediction. He did score their only touchdown last night, right? Uh, Yes, he did. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the process was all there. You know, you get a much better quarterback and uh, match him up with a good tight end, but no one anticipated, I don't think, Matt Stafford only wanting to throw the ball to Cooper Cup and nobody else. Um, so when I was at the bottom of the slope on the tight end roller coaster, uh, I was down on Logan Thomas, uh, for a couple of reasons. He's, you know, he's a talented guy and, uh, he was just, he was new to the tight end position. He was a, a quarterback for a long time, college quarterback converted to tight end. So he's a little bit older. I think he's like 30. Um, and he, he got injured this year. He went out, I think week two, maybe, uh, and we've yet to week three, um, and we've yet to see him since. Um, it, this is this is kind of the reason that I have these guys like a guy like him as a player to avoid. It's like yeah, you can't predict injury and it sucks, but also he's you know sort of running out of of valuable seasons where he can be a contributor, and so you know he loses half a season like this to injury, uh, and he's just really kind of a guy that's that's hurting your roster, but you know. Hopefully he performs well when he comes back. He's certainly got a chance to. Taylor Heineke uh, was thrown to him a little bit before he got hurt. Um, then Nick, you were back up uh, on the the tight end roller coaster with uh, Mo Ali Cox. Hey, I wanted this one to be real as as much as you did. Yeah, no, this was a miss. <laughs> this was a miss. Um, I don't know if this was fueled by me kind of thinking maybe Michael Pittman Jr. wasn't going to be this alpha dog receiver that I think he clearly is now. Um, I also kind of thought there was going to be a little more targets to go around than there has been in this offense. But, I mean, Mo Alley-Cox, he, he kind of is what he was before the season. He's got 15 catches through 10 games, four touchdowns. Hopefully you played him one of those weeks he caught a touchdown. And actually, really, hopefully you never had to play him. Um, yeah, this is a miss, but you know, he's going to be 28 next year, a little late for a breakout. I think, uh, I think you could retire your Mo Alley Cox shares and say, Nick, you're the worst. Um, another, another convert to, to the tight end position, a convert to football. He was a college basketball player. Uh, again, like I think there was, there was a good idea behind this, which is that, you know, you watched in Philly for years, Carson Wentz's favorite target be his tight end. Uh, and you've seen tight ends be utilized in this offense. He's crazy athletic. He's crazy big, but it just hasn't happened that way. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has been so dominant that, you know, they don't throw the ball, uh, so much. And it really has been Michael Pittman through the air. They also just love leaving Jack Doyle on the field, which I, I can't understand. Jack Doyle has not been good let alone even decent in about three years I don't think honestly I, I don't understand how you see Mo, Mo Alley Cox and he does he makes explosive plays every now and then and they just don't try and get him involved at all it makes no sense to me but I, 
whatever. RIP. Ja- Jack Doyle, for what it's worth, is a good run blocker, which doesn't do much for fantasy, but, you know. Um, but no, I agree. I mean, Molly Cox is a crazy explosive athlete, and it would have been kind of nice to see him get his shot, but I just don't know that it's coming. Um, okay, before the season, we also talked about rookie quarterbacks. Um, we all had some variation in our rankings. We all had Trevor Lawrence first. Uh, and then we kind of, there was, there was a lot of, uh, variety in our rankings. Um, Brady, you want to talk about some of the changes that you've made to yours? Yeah, I'll start it off here. Um, yeah, like Andrew said, everyone sort of had Lawrence up at one. I had Zach Wilson at two, Mac Jones at three, Trey Lance at four and Fields at five. Um, after... You know, the first 10 weeks of the season, uh, I think Mac goes up to two, Zach Wilson down to three. Mac certainly has looked the part. Um, if you've watched the games, he seems to be operating the offense well. Uh, and he's certainly just getting started and, and, you know, obviously only playing 10 games thus far, in, you know, throughout his career. I think it's only up for him from here for him. Uh, I don't think Zach Wilson should get bumped down too far, despite, you know, he did have a couple rocky starts in the beginning of the year before getting hurt. But yeah, I think that Jets offense was just starting to figure it out. They had a new offensive coordinator this year and Mike LaFleur, um, obviously new coaching staff, couple new pieces on the offensive line with some rookies. So I think it just took some time uh, for them to get it figured out. And then Mike White stepped in. Uh, so we'll see how Zach Wilson does when he comes back. Still have him above fields and lanes. I... I just, I can't understand. So I have, I still have... Uh, Justin Fields second in my rankings behind Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance third. I just can't understand the, like, kind of what's not to like there, especially from a fantasy football perspective where you got two super mobile guys. Um, I still really like them. I think Justin Fields has showed me enough this year that I'm willing to believe that, you know, with the right non-Matt Nagy coach, uh, he could be really special. Um, And Trey Lance, we just haven't seen – much of, but, um, you know, I don't feel like I've seen enough to move him, uh, either way up or down. Um, I did change. I moved Mac Jones up to four and Zach Wilson to five. Look, I'm not saying I'm ready to give up on Zach Wilson. He wasn't my favorite quarterback coming into the draft. Um, he's looked a little bit Sam Darnoldy, uh, in New York so far. Um, and yeah, Brady, it's a good point that they have, you know, a lot of new pieces on offense, a lot of young players. They got new coach, new scheme. Uh, but he has, has just looked really not great out there. Uh, just looked like his head's not in some of the games, like that some of his decision-making is, uh, highly questionable. Um, highly. So one of the things, one of the things that we've, we've talked about one of our little, um, platitudes that we've thrown out on here quite a few times is uh ball security is job security. Um, typically we're talking about guys who are competing for a job, like running backs in a mixed backfield or something like that. Uh, even in a quarterback competition, but, uh, that's for, for a competition when you're talking about the kind of next level of success, which is where I think Mac Jones is right now wins are job security. And Mac Jones has been winning football games the reason that I don't have him uh, higher up than four on my list is because I still think he's going to be limited from a fantasy perspective because he doesn't run much. Um, he's a very traditional kind of pocket passer, but uh, he he looks very good. Like he throws a really good ball. He's very accurate, high football IQ, uh, and I I think that uh, he's the Patriots' future, and I think he's going to be there for for quite a while and and probably only get better. And I just can't say that I have the same confidence in Zach Wilson to do the same. Yeah, I like uh, a lot of the things you said about Zach Wilson. Um, that is why I have moved him down to my last ranked quarterback uh, of these five. Um, I still think it's a possibility that he can bounce back, be a good pro, have a nice career. Um, but we haven't seen a lot of them. Um, and what we have seen has been pretty unsavory. Uh, the decision-making is pretty brutal so far so I don't know I'm rooting for him hopefully he can bounce back make this New York Jets team watchable because God knows the NFL needs it 
I also bumped Justin Fields down a little bit. Uh, I hear what you're saying, Andrew. I like the rushing upside. I've seen some great plays, but I also think there's room for Justin Fields to have probably like five to seven more interceptions than he has this year right now. Um, The dude literally is obsessed with running full speed out of the pocket and throwing it as far downfield whether somebody is within the vicinity of the, where he's throwing or not. I love it. He, he's addicted to just throwing the ball up for grabs. Um, and that's where a lot of his turnovers have come. And I think there's been a lot of plays where he got really lucky there wasn't more. Um, yeah, I, I think Matt Nagy is absolutely killing any type of development that could take place, but I am also pretty scared of Again, the decision making I'm seeing on the field, um, it's I don't know. The the talents there, the intangibles, everything. Uh just hopefully he puts it together. And then Mac Jones up to three, Trey Lance, and Trevor is gonna remain pretty solid at one. Uh still like the the rushing upside, the arm talent, everything with Trey Lance. He I would say probably gets a little benefit because we haven't seen almost any of him this year. Um and what we have seen has been not amazing, nothing to write home about, but uh, I think out of all these quarterbacks, he had the most development in general to take place, so that doesn't surprise me. Uh, still pretty hopeful for his future. Mac Jones looks great, uh, really running full speed with the Bill Belichick offense, and uh, I think they've got to be pretty pretty damn happy they traded for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's looking real good right now. Um yeah, so we all still have Trevor Lawrence at number one, just to acknowledge that uh, I feel like that's kind of um, an encapsulation of, of how you think about rookie quarterbacks. He had the the largest upside probably coming into this class just as a football player. Um, and so like you watch a rookie season and you want to be paying attention and you want to recognize what you're seeing in front of you. But I also think it's important not to overreact because – quarterback is a real tough position to play. It's a real tough position to play. And um, I think, uh, you know, besides Mac Jones and maybe Trey Lance, um, all these guys have considerable obstacles in terms of their organization and the staff that's around them right now. True. Um, all right. So let's talk about some, some new things. Uh, talk about tight ends. Um, we're going to do a little buy and sell. No holding today but just guys that we think are good candidates to buy or sell. There's probably a trade deadline coming up in your league very soon. Last chances to kind of uh, make some moves and set your team up for the playoffs. So Andrew told me I have to start uh, Supreme Dictator Horn. Let me know that I was going to be leading off just in case, you know, anyone had to make fun of somebody's takes. So my first buy. God save our gracious host. (laughs) My first buy is going to be. Donald Parham Jr., uh, actually, sorry, Parham, he did correct that recently on Twitter, um, but he'll still Damn be Chicken man. Parham. He said he won't he won't get rid of the nickname, still Chicken Parham. Uh, he's hmm. six foot eight. So, yeah, That's go get big. him. That's big. That's the only reason That's we all. like him is because he's six eight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, he's, he's six eight, he's 24. He's already pretty involved in the Chargers offense, honestly, for a player at his position that's as young as he is also with how many options they have at the position between Jared Cook, Donald Parham Jr. And then uh, I forget who they just drafted. Was it Trey McKitty? Is that who they drafted? Yeah, it was McKitty. Um, So, I mean, there's some options at the tight end position there and he's involved. I mean, you're not going to be able to start him right now. This is a, a buy and stash. But I think you could get him for next to nothing, possibly even pick him up on waivers. And guess what? Jared Cook is a walking skeleton. They're going to need someone to play the tight end position very soon. Someone to start. And Justin Herbert is an absolute dog of a quarterback. So go get Donald Parham Jr. because he might be the one to fill in. Yeah, you know, Donald Parham Jr. six 6'8". Jared Cook is 68. So <laughs> perfect match. But- no, I like it. Uh, he's already caught a couple touchdowns this year. He's big. He's athletic. He's a good tight end. I think he's a good good little hold for the future. Definitely. Um, and then just an, an honorable men- mention I wanted to throw out there is uh, Irv Smith Jr. 
He's a guy that was getting a lot of hype leading up into this year um, for a breakout candidate, and then he got injured and it missed the entire season. But this is that perfect time right before your uh, trade deadline to go acquire him for the cheap cheap, and then you're the one that gets to be excited about his potential breakout next year. Hey, wait, so I got a question for you guys. Uh, so I actually have Irv Smith on one of my dynasty teams this year from a startup draft. Um, drafted him at the behest of my my team's co-owner. Uh, but it was a funky situation because someone in our league drafted Irv Smith and about two picks later, I guess, noticed it was the day that the Irv Smith injury news broke and uh, and the league let him take his pick back and redo it. Can I get can I get thoughts yeah, on no that? No take backsies. You got to leave that league. Yeah, leave that league. Yeah, yeah. got to leave that league. It seemed it seemed a little bit too nice to me. I didn't know how I felt about that. Um, Respect okay. yourself, bro. Anyway, Irv Smith, love having you on my IR. I guess that's what we found out. What the IR and Irv stands for? Am I right? Yeah, I agree. Boo. Um, I think buying a Vikings tight end that's very talented uh, is definitely a good thing right now, especially because they've shown that. Uh, they're willing to utilize their tight end this, you know, this year with Tyler Conklin getting a couple touchdown catches. Um, Kyle Rudolph was good at one point, but never really was, you know, that great fantasy tight end uh, that everyone hoped he would be. Hopefully, Irv Smith can come in next year, take over those tight end targets that Conklin has seen this year, uh, and do even more with them. So I like Irv Smith as a buy here. So he's not Irv shit, right? Terrible Boo, dad joke. God, dude. You brought the B-list material today. <laughs> it's a Tuesday. I'm not used to recording on a Tuesday. I'm used to having another another day to let this marinate. Fair enough. Um, all right, I'll jump in before we go any further downhill than we already are. Uh, my buy f- right now at the tight end position is Cole Komet, tight end for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Cole Komet is only 22 years old. Uh, liked him coming out of Notre Dame. He's uh, he's a pretty reliable pass catcher, I think. Um, he's got enough athleticism to make some plays. And, uh, you know, we saw just even just last year, um, Jimmy Graham was a occasionally useful tight end in this offense. And, I mean, talk about a walking skeleton. Um, Cole Komet, I think, is, is a talented player whose target share has been growing as the season has gone on. Um, you often see... Uh, rookie quarterbacks wanting to rely on, you know, on like a tight end or a running back. Um, not saying that Justin Fields is doing that, but Cole Komet has been getting some run lately. Um, and I just think, I think he's a good player. He kind of took over the role last year and I think he could have it uh, into the future. And this is a team that does not have a ton of weapons. Allen Robinson likely gone this off season. So then you're looking at what Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney and, yeah, that sounds about right. No one else. Yeah. <laughs> David yeah. Montgomery. <laughs> and and David Montgomery, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree with you there. I like Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. Um, definitely a great uh, weapon. And I think once Justin Fields get com- gets comfortable uh, in the rest of this offense or gets a new offense next year with a, a new coach, I think Cole Komet uh, will be a really useful uh, fantasy option. Uh, so definitely a great buy candidate here as well. Yeah, I actually like just buying – any Bears players not named Allen Robinson right now, um, simply because I don't think he'll be on the team next year. Um, if I had to put money on it, which I wouldn't follow my bets ever, but um, yeah, I think this whole offense will look a whole lot better once Matt Nagy's gone. So why not invest in it now? Doesn't that kind of make you more excited to have Allen Robinson though? The idea that he's not going to be on the Bears next year? No, yeah, definitely, definitely. But I was just saying more so players that I think will be on the Bears next year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can't get any worse. Damn right. I'll jump in here uh, with my buy, and I will say that I'm really excited uh, to see what Dawson Knox does for us the rest of his career, being that he's only 25 years old, uh, and there's plenty of pass volume in that Bills offense. Uh, Dawson's showing some some very large flashes of talent. Um, He's gotten a few touchdown catches this year uh, before getting injured. Um, he even threw a touchdown, uh, which is, hey, fantasy points too, even though he's not a quarterback. Um, I think you need to get him before he's consistent. Uh, he's tight end six in terms of points per game this year, but he's had some ups and downs. So I think you want to get him now. 
before people realize that he can be a consistent um, set-it-and-forget-it tight end uh, next year or for years to come. Yeah, I really hope he grows into that. Um, Obviously, outside of Travis Kelsey, there's a ton, a ton of inconsistency at the tight end position. Um, But I just hope he ends up being being one of those guys who has, you know, more good weeks than bad weeks. Um, You know, Emmanuel Sanders has obviously been great this year, but, like, Gabe Davis hasn't done much. There's no competition in the tight end room. I like like Dawson Knox's outlook going forward. And he's who I've been playing instead of Irv Smith in that start from that team I was telling you about. It's worked out pretty well so far. Um, okay, tight ends we want to sell. Uh, Brady, we can go together on this because we got the same guy, and it's Hunter Henry, um, who's been on an absolute touchdown tear in recent weeks. Um, still only 26 years old, uh, obviously, as a young quarterback um, who is you know only looking up for the future. But do you guys remember when we talked uh, a while back about Mike Williams? And we were kind of saying this could either be the new normal or you can sell him at his highest right now. I do remember. Um, that's kind of that's kind of made me paranoid about some guys like this, like guys who are for sure talented, but maybe not top of the league in their position group talented. Um, Hunter Henry's also been playing for a couple weeks without Johnu Smith. And whenever you see these touchdowns and this amount of scoring, I think, you know, you're kind of setting yourself up as like a prime opportunity to sell. Yeah, I agree with Andrew here. I think he's at his peak value. He's only scored 10 or more fantasy points in games where he's caught a touchdown. Uh, he has less than 70% of his snap share in more than half the games this year. And he only sees about three or four targets per game. Uh, and this is all to say that his production right now is not sustainable. Uh, like Andrew said, pretty touchdown dependent. Uh, if he was your third or even second tight end on your dynasty roster, I think you could get uh, a decent running back or wide receiver as a depth piece right now for him um, because the tight end position is typically pretty thin. Uh, so someone could be looking uh, to add a, a decent tight end or quote-unquote decent uh, to their tight end before uh, you know the playoff push starts. So maybe look to shop Hunter Henry around for a decent depth piece. Yeah, I like it, boys. Um, like you guys said, I mean, he's just scoring touchdowns at an unsustainable rate. Um, that's not to say I personally wouldn't sell Hunter Henry. Um, I think production at the tight end position is pretty, pretty rare to come by. Uh, it's been a little less rare this year. Um, I think especially if you have him as like a depth piece where you don't really need to play him then yeah go get rid of him go get something go find the player that's trying to contend and maybe doesn't have a great tight end option and needs a little variability but uh i like it i I think it's a good call out uh just depends on what you're looking to do yeah and um so like obviously we've said this many many times before but it depends on the context of your team but again in like comparing it to that mike williams situation um Dynasty fantasy football is all about buying at the right time and selling at the right time. Uh, You know, getting in on guys on the cheap and getting out when they're at the peak of their value. Um, And that's how you, you know, accrue your assets and and build your championship teams. Um, Again, like I said, Hunter Henry, 26 years old, still young on an up-and-coming offense. Um, So, like, I think he can be and will have, like, you know, good years ahead. But this might like be the best he's ever been especially especially before the trade deadline when everything is is worth more than it than it should be yeah i will uh tell you guys why i'm a a big fat fibber and uh a little biased with saying i wouldn't necessarily sell hunter henry but i'll explain why because my sell is dalton schultz um and i know i just said tight end production is hard to come by and dalton schultz has certainly been producing this year outside of last week where he absolutely sunk me in my largest money league, but whatever. Um, Oof. And it's because of the weapons around him. Um, I think it's been beaten to death this year how many pass-catching options there are in Dallas. Uh, so everyone's well aware that it's hard to come by targets sometimes that offense. Uh, there's going to be weeks where they don't have them. But I think Schultz being a top-10 tight end and being in such an explosive offense, you could probably get a pretty penny for him. He's also only 25, 
sell him to a contender, get a haul, get out. Um, I think it's your best option. And the reason I wouldn't do that with Hunter Henry is because we've seen there really is not that many options, especially in the passing game in New England right now. Obviously, that can change through the draft, through free agency, whatever. Um, But as the way things stand right now, I think it's a really good time to get out on Dalton Schultz, especially if you have another option. Look, all I'm going to say is it's over for everyone now that Jacoby Myers is scoring touchdowns. And now that's happening, the rest of the league should be on notice. Blown tackle, he shouldn't have made that. <laughs> Facts. Thank you, Nick, for finally saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, he should have made it there sometime before that. Like, for sure. Statistically speaking, crazy. Congrats, Jacoby Myers, on your first touchdown. That was pretty exciting. Um, Nick, no, I like I like the Dalton Schultz pick for, for a lot of the same reasons as, as you were saying as Hunter Henry. Um, are a lot of weapons on that offense and uh and he's been producing and that is is a, a commodity at the tight end position um but okay let's move on to qbs we're gonna do the same thing a little bit of buy sell um brady you want to start out this time you want to tell us which which human being you would like to purchase okay, that is uh, a very controversial <laughs> way to, to that argument can wait can can we actually can we talk about how strange and also kind of messed up fantasy football languages for a it second is, it is very messed up buy sell yeah i'm an owner yeah, of owner, this person share. yeah can we we're gonna find some we're gonna find some new new uh new lingo to go with in the future because i'll be honest this has been a while now that it's kind of making me uncomfortable um i think we should we should mix it up a little bit yeah, let's PC this. Yeah, bitch. let's not be Aaron Rodgers and tell the so entire let's... city or the entire fantasy football landscape that we own them. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Um, but anyway, Brady, who is a a player that you would very much like to have on your team? Yes, a person that I would like to roster on my fantasy team, uh, who I think is not being fairly valued in terms of his talent right now, is Zach Wilson. And here we go, it's beating a dead horse. Uh, but I just think Zach Wilson being the number two pick in the draft, he's going to get more opportunity. I don't believe the Mike White hype. Uh, Zach just needs some, some more time to develop, and maybe he needs some time for his offensive line to develop, which I alluded to earlier. Um, you know, if if you would have told me that, you know, Josh Allen, I think it's important to remember how bad Josh Allen was his first year, maybe even two years, and now look what he's turned into. You know, sometimes it just takes some time for development to occur. You just have to buy in, believe in your quarterback, let them know that you believe in them. And, you know, sometimes that sort of confidence and um, belief will flower into a beautiful relationship and a beautiful um, performance on the field. So I know I said this at the beginning of the year, but Chris Sims makes some some comparisons to uh, Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes for Zach Wilson. Um, said that he was the most consistent thrower coming out of the draft this year, has a quick release. We'll see if all that holds true. And, you know, we might not have to see it in the in the first year or two. But I think all that goes to say a lot of people are out on Zach Wilson right now because of the Mike White hype. They're out because they don't think he's the truth. You've obviously heard that opinion on this podcast. Uh, Nick and Andrew aren't as in on Zach Wilson as I am. So I think you could maybe get him. Mike White? A cheaper price. Uh, than you would have at the beginning of the year. Mike White. <laughs> Mike White's a scrub. My dude. He's a scrub. Um, I like it, Brady. I think there's value to be had there. I think, I mean, I'm not high on Zach Wilson right now by any means, but I'm certainly not out. And uh, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people that probably will be. Go get them. Sure. Yeah, if you're a rebuilding team, uh not the worst guy to take a chance on. Just got to keep an eye on price because I, I wouldn't want to overpay for Zach Wilson right now. No, um, but, but then again, like like Brady was saying, the Josh Allen comparison, sometimes which I don't think is entirely accurate because Zach Wilson doesn't run like Josh Allen does, but like, yeah, you know, people need time to develop. It's a very very difficult position to play, and he's on a very bad football team. Um, the uh. Quarterback that I am looking to uh, acquire 
to my roster is Carson Wentz. Um, Carson Wentz, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, absolute homer pick of the century. Uh, <laughs> Glad you're I, <laughs> um, no look. So Carson Wentz really has been like by all metrics, a pretty, a pretty good quarterback this year. Um, he has made some absolutely wonky. What the f- flip are you doing? Kind of throws. Um, he had another one this week where he like did like a backhand kind of flip attempt to Naeem Hines that basically fell halfway in between him and a defender. Like it was terrifying. Yeah. Just some dangerous plays. Um, but overall he has been a good quarterback. He's protected the ball for the most part. Uh, the Colts offense has been able to move the ball. They've been dreadful in the red zone. Um, but improving, um, I, I think Carson Wentz is just not done in this league. I think people kind of thought that he might be after the way he played last season. Uh, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think he's on a good team with a good offense. He's got Jonathan Taylor. He's got Michael Pittman hoping that they add some new weapons, you know, in the off season. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the more time he stays with the Colts, the the better he's going to get. And I think he's probably still not super expensive, but in a super flex league could be a, a solid quarterback too for you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like what you said about how people perceived him after last year and you know, the, the value might be there. I think it is. Uh, he's the quarterback 13 right now in the year. He's not someone that's burning the house down. So it's not like he's overly impressed anybody with his talent or play on the field. But I mean, we've seen Jonathan Taylor. We've seen, uh, what's that guy? Michael Shipman, uh, Slipman. Watch yourself. Titman. I think Titman. Um, he's, he's looking pretty good. There's, there's some real dogs in this offense now and they're going to need a quarterback to lead them. So why not? Yeah, I think it would have been better to grab Carson Wentz at the beginning of the year. I think you would have had to pay less, but I don't disagree that you might be able to get him now at a better price um, than you will in the future because I think he's shown improvement in this offense. They'll start to get more comfortable. They'll get more weapons. I think Carson Wentz is going to be somebody you can count on uh, for the foreseeable future um, in that growing Colts offense. Definitely a fair point about, about him being more expensive now than at the beginning of the season. Agreed. Also keep in mind though, like I said quarterback thirteen on the year. He's he's missed at least one game, right? No, he's played in every game. Okay. He had two sprained ankles against the Titans, but he played yep. Oh yeah. two sprains, well, but he got him a few on. Two exactly. sprains. Like he he's playing through injury. His off season's been pretty weird. Um he's lost Quentin Nelson for at least a game. Um I mean He's been facing adversity, and to still be the QB 13 when people thought he was done in the league, definitely some value. Go get it. Go get it. I'll take it. That'll bring me over to my buy, which is going to be by far the most expensive of the three of us, and it's going to be Joe Burrow. Woo! Uh, Joe Burrow is QB 11 on the year right now. Uh, That's this year, and he's got lots of years left to play. And not only does he have lots of years left to play, he has lots of years left to play with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and that's all you really need to know. I mean, he's got dominant wide receivers. He's got the talent. and He's not producing like an elite QB1 yet. Um, he's still got a lot of time to grow. I think Joe Burrow could be a screaming value. I mean, this is a guy that could realistically I mean I can see him being a top three quarterback in the league at one point I uh, I think that's within his range of outcomes um he's he's gonna have to throw the ball a lot though like he yep. I after after last year and that knee injury he hasn't quite been the same um with you know like just kind of moving outside the pocket. He wasn't like a Lamar Jackson type scrambler, but he certainly uh, uses legs in college. Um, but you know, the talent is there. Obviously the weapons are there. Um, I, you know, get him a few offensive linemen. Just, this is already a, not a great defense. Just don't put anyone else on it. Let them have to play shootouts <laughs> every week. And it's good for Joe Burrow. That's cash. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, certainly an expensive pick, but, you know, sometimes you got to do that. Um, All right, so quarterbacks we want to sell, and I'm convinced at this point that Brady is just copying me because we both have Jalen Hurts as our sell. Um, Did we just become best friends? You want to go do karate (laughs) in the garage? It's either best friends or mortal enemies, man. (laughs) Sort of getting sick of this shit. (laughs) Um, No, look, I'll change mine up. Um, and I'll say, uh, Matt Ryan as, as my quarterback to sell. Um, look, Matt Ryan had an awful game this past Sunday. He had an absolutely just one of the worst. I started him. I picked him up and I was like, Oh, Cowboys are going to score. Falcons are going to have to score like big game through the air for Matt Ryan. He'll do fine. He had less than a point this week. That's, that's awful. That's he was, you know, I haven't checked to make sure entirely, but I'm assuming that was the worst of any active quarterback this week. Like there were probably there's probably at least one backup that scored more than he did. Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer would have been a better start in fantasy this week than Matt Ryan. But you got something to say, Nick? Yeah, I'm gonna come to that for my guy. I'll let you finish though. <laughs> okay. So here's what I think about Matt Ryan is I think Matt Ryan is having an okay season overall. He's, I think, QB 18 now. Um, but, like, he's had some big games in there. Had put up 30 points against the football team, 21 against the Jets, 18 against Miami, 28 against New Orleans. Like, he's had some some nice games this season uh, that I think you could, you know, you take a game like this, and you almost like a game like this that's so bad, but he's going to just be like, look at that total outlier. Like, obviously, that is never going to happen again. The other thing about Matt Ryan is I think he still has plenty of name value. Like, I think of Matt Ryan, and I still think, you know, even if I didn't look at any statistics from this season, uh, I would probably still think, like, oh, reliable, not a bad streaming option, pretty solid quarterback, too, like exactly what you're looking for in a quarterback, too, in a super flex league. He's a guy that's going to get you, you know, a few points. He might have a boom week, but he's ultimately not going to kill you. And uh, I think you can capitalize on that, on that name value, uh, on the importance of the quarterback position in super flex leagues. Again, that's primarily what this is for. It's probably not going to get much for Matt Ryan uh, in a non-super flex league. But, you know, in a league where the position is at a premium, I think you can capitalize on Matt Ryan, 36-year-old quarterback, lost his his best weapon that he's ever had. Um, the offense is kind of in shambles around him, uh, especially will be this week missing Cordero Patterson. But I think you can sell Matt Ryan and still get some return for him. All right, my turn. Matt Ryan, I really don't think he carries name value. I don't think he has in about two years. I think he's so consistently disrespected, myself included at times. Um, I think he gets a lot of blame for how bad this Falcons team is. And, I mean, you, you, you were just saying it this week about how he only scored one point. Calvin Ridley, gone. Julio Jones, gone for all intents and purposes. Cordell Patterson, missed a large portion of the game with an ankle injury. Pretty easy to cue in on that Kyle Pitts guy who is your lone receiving option. Um, who, I mean, honestly still had a pretty decent day. He had like 10 points. Yeah, Shout out he was Kyle all Pitts. right. Yeah. But, I mean, who, like, what do you want Matt Ryan to do? You want him to throw the ball and catch the ball? You want him to play running back? You want him to play linebacker? Like... I definitely don't want him to play running back. I've seen that man run. <laughs> I don't hate him as a sell, but I think I think you threw a lot of disrespect on the man's name there. And uh, that that was not my intention. I I was I I I said the team around him looks bad. This is why I'm trying to sell abysmal. because I I think Matt Ryan. And again, maybe this is just in my own mind, which would be a compliment to Matt Ryan. Is I think he still has name value because I think. I you know and if you look at the statistics like he's provided you mostly pretty decent games in there. He's had a few dip games but everyone does. Um I just think I think it it will kind of be only downhill after this season. Like he's not getting any younger. Uh there're just so many holes on this roster that I don't know that they can afford to go out and and use, you know, a lot of draft capital on a wide receiver or um if there's any real incentive to them trading up or uh, signing a, a name in, in free agency, 
I, I think you can sell Matt Ryan on what he's done this season, but if I was going into next year with Matt Ryan as my quarterback too, I would be a little nervous about it. Fair enough, and I will say also in the name of fairness, he didn't have a good game last week. I mean, it doesn't matter what the excuses are. He put up a poor fantasy finish, and if that's going to be the outcome the remainder of the year, yeah, you don't want him, so why not sell him? I don't hate it. Tough matchup this week, too, and for him to do that two weeks in a row, I think, would would sour people a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right, one of you guys... um, Brady, I uh, I I just mentioned this, but you are looking to remove Jalen Hurts from your roster uh, in exchange for some form of compensation. Yes, uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, albeit has been good fantasy wise, uh, but hasn't looked great on the field. Uh, he has one of the highest percentage of throws out of bounds or throwaways yeah. uh, this year. Uh, he's been a real yuck it or chuck it, or actually, let me say, chuck it or tuck it guy. Um, which the running upside is good for fantasy, but not great um, for winning. And I think that's what the Eagles front office is going to be concerned about. Uh, I also wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles go after another QB this offseason. They were in the mix for the Watson uh, debacle. Um, They were also uh, scouting a bunch of quarterbacks uh, this season uh, in the college. And they have three first-round picks probably. And they also have three first-round picks. So I would not be shocked if they go after a quarterback in the first round. Um, and then Jalen Hurts ends up either in a QB battle or gets benched. Um, also, hit like Hurts' numbers have looked bad in the last few games uh, when the team is focused uh, on building up the run game. Um, so he sees a little less opportunity and only scores you 15 points. Um, that's concerning to me. I just don't know that Jalen Hurts is going to be sustainable um, as a passer. Um, so I think he's someone that you can definitely sell based off of early season performance and age. Um, and then you can get some, some fair compensation in terms of other positions in returns. Yeah. Um, that's where I was going with that one. Had him as my initial sell uh, just briefly, like as I was talking about with Mac earlier, uh, wins are job security and the wins have been pretty hard to come by for the Jalen hurts Eagles. So now that Brady's gone, <laughs> Brady uh, gave us his, his last take on Jalen Hurts and he had to go to trivia. So what are we doing? Are we keeping going with the football talk or are we just talking shit? Yeah, yeah. Let me get my, my cell out of the way and then we could circle back on all the things that, you know, aren't great about Brady. <laughs> <laughs> um, Number one, blonde. Yeah, ugh. My cell is going to be Teddy Two Gloves. Um I think if there's a contender out there that is pretty much streaming within their own lineup at the quarterback position, uh, no elite options, but maybe a great team around them, I think you can make the case to get Teddy on their team. I don't think you're going to get a haul for him by any means, but I think this this could realistically be the last year of the Teddy Two Gloves experiment. Um, I I think the league and just about every fan that watches can pretty much tell he's a placeholder I mean he's he's fine he's manageable he's not going to lose you a week probably um but I really don't think he he has the ability to win you a week ever I think his time as a starter is limited but you know he has a team that has a ton of really good pass catching options on it and uh right now he can have weeks where he puts up definitely some solid fantasy performances uh simply off of the fact that the guys around will make plays, so I think you could sell him for enough that I would be willing to move off him and never think about him again. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I don't know what fan base, what organization really would get excited about the idea of handing a starting role to Teddy Bridgewater at this point. Um, I think he is a real chance to be a reliable backup oh, yeah. for years to come, and uh, like he'll be he'll be a top tier backup for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I see a lot of starting roles in his future, um, unless he's replacing Baker in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You know, best rushing offense, one of the best rushing offenses in the league, and he uh, just game manage. He just kind of manages, just game yeah, manage. I like it. If there is a fit, that's it. There's no other fits. Um, do you think? I was wondering this the other day. Do you think he has a chance of getting benched this season? Uh, I don't. I think that'd be hard to do. 
Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen anything good from Drew Locke when he's been on a football field. Yeah. Like, it's been very bad. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know what... This team's in a real weird in-between phase right now. Like, the AFC's hyper-competitive. There's a lot of teams in the middle there. Um, and they are there, too. I think they're, like, four and five, maybe. Um, or five, five, five and five, four and six. Um so I think they're on by this week, so they would have played 10 games by now. But, um, yeah, you know, you got Melvin Gordon kind of blocking Javante Williams' way as the future in the backfield. Um, quarterback's up in the air. Obviously, Von Miller just left. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that they would, like, maybe they lose a couple more games and they say, all right, let's give Drew Locke one last shot. I could see that happening where it's like, okay, we know we're not going anywhere this year we might as well make sure for the last and final time that we're not missing or overlooking something with this drew lock guy but i think the season and they won't yeah be. no uh, the, the season we saw him play um was fine last year obviously not great and then you can't even yeah. beat out teddy two gloves um i think the broncos know i think we know drew lock isn't it but yeah maybe maybe they want to give him one last shot yeah, we'll see. Um, but either way, I like the sell on uh, Teddy Bridgewater there. Um, just sell your expiring assets because they're expiring and you don't want to be caught holding the bag. Exactly. Yeah, nothing is better than – or something is better than nothing, even if it's a little tiny something. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, uh, that's everything that we had on here to cover this week. Um, Nick, you got any more shit you want to talk on Brady? Nah, nah, Brady's a good guy. He uh he had some other obligations we knew about, but uh we got through most of the episode with him, so Yeah. Yeah, good on him Cut for him sticking around. Good dude. Um send him some flowers. We're gonna tweet out his address and his phone number later. Send him some flowers, <laughs> say thanks for sticking around, give him a call. <laughs> we'll also be updating that throughout the week to let you know when he is or is not in his house, just in case you want to stop by, you know, uninvited when oh, yeah. nobody else is around and just kind of help yourself to his stuff. Oh, Brady loves unexpected visitors. He loves uh, he, it. He loves sharing too. So like, just take what you want. Yeah. <laughs> just take it. Just take it. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thanks for sticking around for another episode of the Dewar dynasty podcast. Follow us on Twitter where we got, you know, something going on now a little bit, you know, um, <laughs> just a little, a little bit of something. A little something. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at DOD underscore FB. As always, keep an eye out for the TikTok. It's coming. Uh, and other than that, um, Nick, you got anything you want to say to sign us off? Uh-oh! All right, we'll see you next week.